This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. I took a breath at the wrong time. <laughs> uh, I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, in the Raptors hoodie on the other side are you? I'm the producer. My name is Matt Duncan. Freddie, good to see you. How you're doing? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but you're going to give us a little bit. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, let's just <laughs> say I uh, cheated on my wife. Sick. Sick. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I went to Vegas for Summer League, um, did some other stuff, gambled a little bit, went to a magic show, partied, had a good time. Mm. Um, but, uh, oh, dear God, Maddie. Uh, well, you know. Everyone already. I'm not going to make many comments on Vegas because I feel like everyone know it's knows it's a weird, crazy, fun place. Um, but man, summer league is an absolute basketball mecca, uh, and I am so so glad I made the pilgrimage and uh, enjoyed it and and met a bunch of players. Um. So yeah, it's uh, uh I I showed up at um. Uh, I showed, showed up at uh, Thomas and Mack Center, um, uh, or, or UNLV, where the uh, where, where both arenas are, uh, and and sort of like it's it's so it's, it's kind of like I didn't realize, but it's like the two arenas are connected. So one arena is kind of like Scotiabank size, mm-hmm. and then the other arena uh, is about like like I don't know how many people it fits, but it's like a it's like a high school gym. Oh, okay. So really, really intimate. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, you go into it being like, okay, who am I gonna see? Like, what's this actually gonna be like? And it's like a, it's like I didn't realize how much of a conference it is. Like, just just basketball people all over the place. Right. So beyond the players, man, I saw like David Aldridge. Uh, I saw Chris Haynes. Uh, a bunch of Raptors Republic people were there, former and present. Uh, Amit Mann from Yahoo. Did you see uh, Kareem? Samson. I did not see Kareem. Did did Kareem, did he come to the I think first so. Someone in your party, I think, had a picture of him. Yeah, so, okay. So, yeah, like, uh, so we, we sort of split up. So we had friends, uh, Adam and Marco, both done the podcast. They they decided they were not going to watch the Raptor game. Yeah. And they were going to stay in in the good seats they found for the the Wembenyama scoot 
uh, experience because because right. basically Scoot played um, against Almond Thompson from uh, the Houston Rockets, another big draft pick. Uh, so it was the Trailblazers and the Rockets in the big arena, and then after was a. Uh, um, Spurs. Charlotte versus uh, San Antonio. So uh, Brandon Miller, second overall, and um, obviously uh, Victor Webanyama from uh, the Spurs. Right. So they say they were ba- and they were right. They were like, we won't get these seats for for the big game. And mm-hmm. the rest of us, we were desperate to see the Raptors, so we had over went to the small gym. Mm-hmm. And like, if you watch that first game, like we are in we're in very clear view the yeah. entire game. We're, we're really close. Uh, like, like I, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever been that close to like that high level of basketball act action. Yeah. And I want more, like I'm going to go to a Raptors nine Oh five game and get really, really good tickets this year yeah. just because of this experience. Wow. Um, and yeah, so you got cool. to see Grady Dick and saw Grady Dick. It seems um, like he's he's only getting better each game. Would you say now? Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> it's so. You know, obviously people are like, oh, right. You know, he's a little bit underwhelming. Um, but I think one thing I always, you know, like, and you could see it at summer league. Like one thing that was uh, sort of a reminded that if bigs, if you're a big, it's tough because the game's so fast. It's sort of like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the G League, and also if you're just like a shooter. There's no spacing. Yeah. So it's not like Pascal or Scotty or OG are driving and they're kicking it out to the open shooter. Yeah. Like there's just no breathing room whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, on the so, so, so Grady was, you know, a little bit underwhelming, but I think it will be totally fine. Yeah. And then obviously Marquise Noel was, was the story of the first game. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well. You know, big Mighty Mouse vibes, big Muggsy Bose vibes. Yeah. He was just like in really intense. Yeah. Like just and explosively fast. You know, I think we will obviously see how his game translates to the NBA, but um, you know, uh, uh, like it, you know, on defense, he's not bothering anyone's shots. Like he's good in a pick and roll defense, but kind of like if they move the ball around, he's just too small to bother a guy's shot. On offense, I think, you know, a lot of people were focusing on his is his shooting good enough? And you know, uh, he shot okay. So he shot great the first game. But, like, I think what's really special about his offense is that he can break anyone down. Like, he's right. just faster than everybody on the court. Um, For uh, yeah. Raptors fans who remember TJ Ford, a lot of that energy. Like, this guy is just, like, very, very lightning bolt fast and, and wild passes. It's going to be interesting to see for sure. Well, I will say when fans uh, or, you know, people watching – they played Brooklyn the night before you see this and he did have a 22 and seven game Grady Dick. So. Yeah. So that, yeah, that just happened like yeah. right before we started recording. Right. So yeah, he, it yeah. seems like Grady Dick did have his breakout game. So I'm happy about That's that. Uh, yeah. Um, he lots was loud. What's that? Lots of time. Lots of time. Come, Come on, on now. Um, but you know, everyone was there. Masai was there uh, in the corner on his phone, you know, uh, Bobby's there <laughs> doing his thing. Um, trying to find uh, a charger for his BlackBerry. Just- <laughs> yeah, yeah, charging his BlackBerry. Um, uh, so many former players, uh, and you know, uh, all, all the Raptors are were there. We saw them all lined up, right? Obviously, big, big deal, I guess, to folks that uh, Pascal wasn't there, Gary wasn't there either. Oh. Um, 
at that, I, I shot some fun video of uh, of Scotty taking like uh, threes in his sandals at, at halftime. I saw that. Yeah. Um, Which worried me because, you know, flip flops, you, you, you take a little jump and you come down on those, you can roll an ankle or something, you know? Yeah. You don't need yeah, that. Scotty, take it you easy. Know. If he was don't wearing like yourself. Birkenstocks, I'd, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, a little better support. Sure. But he's, he, they Scotty, look- if you're listening, <laughs> sorry, I didn't say hi. Um, and, uh, you know, Matt would prefer yeah. your, some, I was there socks. be like, Whoa, what the hell are those? Get off the court. Uh, my little brother, Thomas, uh, we filmed him going over to say hi to OG. <laughs> uh, it was very awkward. Very funny. <laughs> um, he, cause he kind of went up and, t- and tapped him on the shoulder. I'd say startled him a bit. I'm glad, OG um, but was it was there. cool. That's good. What's that? I'm glad OG was there. Like it would, if none of the vets kind of showed up. <laughs> Didn't show up. Yeah, that would really be weird. Something. So I know it's good that but, he's there. Uh, I see he's you know making jokes with Schroeder about the big. Uh, yes, that was awesome. Drop. <laughs> um, yeah, I love how he was like, "You flopped." That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, summer league was great. And then you know, then we we snuck over. We saw. Uh, we got like like not great seats, but we still saw the whole Wembenyama experience. Yeah. Um, and then what was really wild though was that night we had Elisa uh, uh, also does a podcast um, got us like this really fancy dinner, right? So we go to the Wynn Hotel. And by the way, I should say we were staying at the Luxor Hotel. Oh, wow. And it's basically the, I think it's like the fourth biggest pyramid in the world. Yeah. Um, and just a disaster of a place. Like right. it had like uh, uh, Adam Christie, another uh, guest of the show, turned on the shower. Uh, it never turned off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was. Oh, that would stress uh, me the, out. Oh God! Yeah, we saw we uh, the first person I saw was like, I guess no one's coming to the Luxor. I did see Zach Randolph Zebo with his family headed to the Blue Man Group. Yeah, my um, friends in that uh, Blue Man Group too. Oh wow! Yeah, who, uh, do, do, do you guys know Alain, Alain Rochefort? He he went to Humber. Cool. He's like from my my year at Humber. Yeah, he's been doing Blue Man Group for like fifteen years, and he's like, yeah, like the main guy there, at the, in the uh, yeah at the Luxor. Wow, good for him. I yeah. hope somebody rescues him one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I would love to do the Blue Man Group. It'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, he must love it if he's been doing it that long. Oh yeah, for sure. Or they got something on them, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but no, that's that's awesome. Uh, and yeah, so you know, seeing a bunch of players, and but then we go to this this place, the Win, which is this really nice hotel. Oh yeah, uh, casino, and it's wild. Just players left, right, and center. Coaches, um, Ime Udoka, uh, Coloco, Delon, OG. Um, I told this on the podcast, but I had the you know funny Jason Kidd experience. Um, Elisa had a quick chat and photo with Precious. Uh, so it's just, it was absolutely wild. Just wow. Like, like I, I've never been in the presence of that many NBA players and also just tall basketball players. I didn't even recognize. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot, a lot of players just sort of grabbing their takeout, headed back to their room. Yeah. Uh, but the big, you know, big sort of major moment. And it's the reason we're doing this. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the pod in a sec folks. Uh, so you know, uh, thanks for listening. This is a, a novel experience for me, so I gotta, I gotta talk about it a bit. But uh, yeah, we go to this fancy restaurant. We're getting bumped. We're nobodies, right? And uh, we're like, man, should we leave? This is fucking brutal. 
And finally, we get sat. So we're like, okay, that's all right. We sit next to Kate Cunningham and uh, like his people. And we're like, okay, this is something. Uh, you know, we didn't really talk to him, but it's like, you know, what's up? And um, have our food. And we go and sit with the other table that we, uh, of friends we showed up with. We're there for about five minutes, uh, Mr. Kawhi Leonard uh, gets seated. And he's like having like what seems to be like a meeting with some girl. Uh, I was like, I don't, know, I don't know if he's interviewing her to like go on a date or some shit. Um, but there's the biggest security guard I've ever seen. Like this guy's like seven foot, just jacked. Oh, and this man. guy knows knows we're fans. Like yeah, like security guards looking at us, being like, "Don't you fucking yeah. talk to Kawhi?" <laughs> you know what I mean? The security guards oh. like, if one of you goes up to Kawhi, I will choke slam you. Um, Were you like, does Kawhi dine here for free? <laughs> yeah, right. We're all and and we're trying we're trying to be chill, right? Like no one's like, bugging out and being weird, but like everyone's like, there's like ten of us, right? So like everyone's just like going to the bathroom and like being like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, anyways, you know that's like holy crap. You know, we, we came to Vegas to suck Kawhi. We're we're uh, outside. Uh, you know, some people gonna keep partying and some of us are just sort of getting like an uber or whatever and uh sure enough Kawhi comes out uh so he goes to walk past us kevin who's on the spot he shouts at Kawhi like Kawhi, thanks for the championship we're from toronto and Kawhi gives us like the prayer hands and he's like thank you <laughs> so yeah it was like oh shit okay thanks man it was, it was a nice moment did he make eye contact uh, with anybody or is he just kind of looking through when he did that uh, no, he looked at all of he, us. So he did? Like, Thank okay, you. he saw you. But like, I'll say this. He never stopped moving. Uh, like, he wasn't going to oh, stop and be like, yeah. what are we doing tonight, boys? He ain't a stop and chat um, guy. That'd be, so, it'd be weird. I think it would throw you off. Be like, oh, uh, how's LA? Yeah. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he just kisses me on the mouth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. Kawhi's uh, would be hard. Um, <laughs> you're hired. Uh, uh, I'm hired. Yeah. Um, he hires. Oh yeah. 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 He was interviewing that girl, but he really hired me. Like yeah. I'm the one who did it. Um, yeah. Good times. Um, and, and then, yeah. Anyway, so the last sort of like, I guess, significant sighting was like Cade also came out and, um, uh, my, my brother Thomas was ro- rolling up some weed and, um, uh, as Cade walks past me and him, he goes, "Hey, Cade, you know, take it easy on. Uh, we're from Toronto. Take take it easy on the Raptors." Cade's like, "Oh yeah, man." And then I think he, I think it was a miscommunication because I think he saw uh, Thomas's weed and he goes, "None of that for me tonight, man." And like kept walking, and we're like, "What?" <laughs> like we don't we, we were like smoke this joint with us. I think he just sort of like. It was like a non sequitur. Thomas yeah. is like, take it easy on the Raptors. And he's like, I ain't smoking weed tonight. <laughs> um, so that was that exchange. And um, anyways, yeah, I just had to share some of these fanboy moments with you. Yeah, that's huge. I'd love to go back. And uh, yeah, man, if we, you, 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 I'll, I'll, I'm dragging you if you. Is Summer you League always awesome? in Vegas? It's always in Vegas. Oh. Uh, and, it's always uh, preposterously. Shit. Well, there's other summer leagues, right? Sacramento, Utah. Um, but the main one's in Vegas and in the summer. So I will say it was yeah. like just preposterously hot. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I was there in like November and my lips were going to fall off. 
So <laughs> your lips, yeah, like, is this dry? so dry. Yeah, I was like, this is the desert. Yeah, and, and this is everywhere the else. It is. It's wild. That plane ride's wild. Um, and also everywhere's pumping AC inside. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a couple nights. I would I would wake up and I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like your throat's just like getting a beat down. It's also hard to get used to smoking in casinos. You know, you're not used to it here. I, I'm not gonna lie. That also rattled me. Yeah, people just smoking inside everywhere. I was like. What in the 1990s? Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, that's where Chalet, and I'm going to the smoking section. What is it? 1992. Yeah. Jesus. Um. Well, yeah, that's that's my Vegas recap, brother. Well, thanks for sharing some of the stuff that was supposed to stay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like such a I'm such a <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you can't go back nothing now. Nothing I did in Vegas is staying. <laughs> yeah. I told everyone everything. I told everyone you kissed Kawhi in the lips and. <laughs> Yeah. Quick kiss on the lips for Mr. Leonard and I tip my hat, you know? <laughs> oh God. All right. All right. Well, well let's, uh, let's get cracking on this episode. Yeah. And, um, if you're tuning in, this is, uh, this is probably the longest intro of all time, but you know, we're, yeah, we're going to get a lot of shit some, for uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get a lot of shit for this, but, uh, <laughs> Matt will put it in the segments and the breakdowns. And, uh, we got a great pod for you yeah. with, uh, some amazing guests. All right, so for our very first guest, um, anyone that's an OG listener of this podcast will, of course, know him. He named this podcast. Uh, one of my best friends. Uh, I still think about the day where we screamed, we got Lowry, he's our billups, and ran up and down the hallways of our workplace, and then immediately thereafter started this podcast. Um, yeah, one of the best people in the world, a hilarious dude. One of my favorite basketball minds. Make some noise, even if you're at home alone, for Kevin Douse. What's going on, buddy? What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm good. I'm also making so much noise at home right now. Good. Good. Uh, yeah. Neighbors I hate hope, me. Uh, neighbors I hope your neighbors get really you. mad that you were on a podcast. Yeah. Um, how you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm uh, still reeling from the weekend but in, yeah. in a good way you know i'm i'm reeling i'm also definitely recovering i uh yeah i vegas i vegas too hard yeah i'm really happy that i went immediately to a summer camp oh good i was with kids at 8 a.m every day nice it was a wildly hard transition but you know whatever i'm here <laughs> worth it um let's bring on guest number two uh i only met him this year um uh, he's with Raptors Republic. I'm a big fan. He does uh, um, uh, he does he does the Raptors recap. Um, he's a he's a great writer. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's awesome. Uh, he's a funny, dude. Make some noise, even if you're home, even if you're at home alone for Aiden Moss. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is one of those songs that feels like it's gonna pop, but it never does. And no matter, d- despite it being so slow, it's like slurping in my veins. It gets me all jacked up. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it's one of those songs that's going to be like, I'm waking up. Um, whatever that, it feels like an Imagine Dragon song. That's what I'm saying. Uh, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm, not, for- I'm not reeling and recovering. I'm in peak health condition. So <laughs> Nice. Good. I yeah, you- that over you both. Yeah, Dude, you're you going to need to carry, carry this. Pod, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, let's uh, let's get right into it. Um, we're gonna start with NBA stuff. Maddie, good sir, give me your weirdest weird al i assume maybe it's maybe uh, maybe it's different i don't know I'm, I'm happy if it's weird al though uh your weirdest weird al nba sting this is adam silver huh <laughs> you got it ah! oh, that's oh, okay <laughs> i can't tell if that's like matt <laughs> From Live. a distance, <laughs> or if that's like if that's what like you hear before it brings you into the sewer. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, uh, that's good though. Double honk, double honk, and then he chews your arm off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a vi- like like it like that's the type of happy that's like there's menace and violence underneath. Radioactive duck or goose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but layered sound stuff. Thanks, Matt. That's why the people come back. Uh, but Adam Silver, too, it's a, it's a good lead in this time because uh, the in-season tournament is upon us. Um, Adam Silver, uh, like, honestly, I feel like that's all he's wanted to talk about for years. He got it. He's been pushing it. Um yeah, I mean, I can, I can break it down a little bit, but uh, that's probably boring podcasting. I think what people need to know uh, is that there's group stages, um, or, you know, I think like a half a million dollar prize for everyone on the team, uh, on, on the winning team. If you do make it to the championship, uh, you play an 83rd game. And um, it's all sort of in the, in uh, like, you know, f- from November through to December. And there will be like, I think Tuesday and Friday nights will, or those will be like the tournament days. Uh, yeah, I got some thoughts on this, but I will, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you guys. Let me go to you first, Aiden. Uh, how are you feeling about this uh, in season tournament? Are you excited? Are you sort of like annoyed? Where are you at? Utter and complete indifference. Nice. <laughs> I think. I just don't care. I like I like that they're making games that would otherwise be even less important, an iota of a modicum more important. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see the players really caring. Maybe until the semifinals or finals, and by then, and which in which case it makes the final four teams a little bit more random because it's not like they're going to be playing these group stage games all the more intense than they otherwise would for a regular season game. At mm-hmm. least that's how I would see it. Yeah. I think the best part is going to be see is going is seeing the faces of those celebrating who $500,000 means a lot to. So like, you know, the rookie scale guys, the two way contracts that they do get it, whoever else is at the bottom of the bench, who's not getting paid much. I can't wait to see them being stoked, but otherwise I just, I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm almost the exact same as you. I thought I was going to be more annoyed, to be honest. Like I thought I was going to hate this, but I just like, as a general life rule, I don't like to hate on things that might be fun for others. So I'm kind of like, Hey, if you're digging this, that's fine. Sort of no harm, no foul, I guess. Um, I, I, I like tournaments in, in, you know, like international soccer, 
as someone that follows the WNBA, there's the Commissioner's Cup. They've been doing it for a couple of years. The players, uh, you know, salaries, like the money means a lot more to them. And they truly do not give a rat's ass. Like no one in the WNBA even remembers that they're playing a Commissioner Cup game. Like they'll interview a player after the game. And they'll be like, oh, that's not great. Like you want a Commissioner's Cup game? And they'll be like, oh, um, sure. Like they, they really, it really doesn't matter at all. Um, but yeah, I think indifference is a good, is a good or a good summation of how I feel. If it makes it a little bit more exciting, I don't know. And quickly, like, I I think there's a, people are drawing analogy to maybe the FA cup or, or I don't know what other cups are the Carling cup is other thing in the, in the premier league. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so valuable about those is a, there's way more regionalism in, English yes. premier than, than there is in the NBA and B having the tiered system means so much more. Like if I could play on a men's league team that won a tournament that then won another tournament that then won another tournament and I got to play the Detroit Pistons for one game, like, you know, then I would, I would, well, I would cheer for, I would cheer for my men's league team or whoever is in my small totally. town that's playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But because this is just all the same guys, just like rearranged for one month. It doesn't really, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, meaning. I, I think that's a very, very good point. And I think it's a, it's, it's sort of like a classic North American misery. It's a classic, like, yeah. Hey, let's make, you know, whatever the office is good, but yeah. let's, <laughs> let's make this thing that was, that is popular in Europe and let's do it. Our, let's put an American spin on hell's it. kitchen. Yeah, or no, exactly. kitchen, kitchen nightmares, maybe. Kitchen nightmares, Master Chef. Yeah, totally. Master Chef's fine. Um, and and I think also, you know, just just sort of piggybacking on your point, uh, there's no playoffs in international soccer. So the every game has this weight. Um, and also, you know, I think North American fans can't really understand this idea that like you could be a team going into the season with no aspirations of winning the league and you're still very passionate. You know, you could be like Newcastle or whatever, middle of the table type team. And it's like what you care about, like you're not winning the premiership. Like that's not a thing. So you, yeah. So there's different types of, you know, like whereas here it's kind of like, Oh, if my team is, you know, it seems like the, like the middle is the worst thing in, yeah. in the NBA. People hate the middle. Because there's there's this sort of aspect of it that's it's non-linear. It's like, well, if I if I'm an OKC fan, surely I will convey all of these picks and we'll be winning dynasties in three years. Um, or if I'm a Celtics fan, we're right there and we're going to win a championship. But you know, if I'm a Hawks fan or a, a Bulls fan or a Raptors fan, there is no worse punishment. Um, so I think that yeah, like anyways, I went on a bit of a rant there, nope. Kevin. What are your feelings on this tournament? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a ton to add, really. I think that's very funny. Like, Adam Silver became commissioner, got Donald Sterling out, and got straight to work on the in-season tournament. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I feel like it's been priority number one for him for so many years, and no one's asking for it, and no one cares about it. And I'm going to be shocked if anyone does care about it. I guess it'll be fun if, like, Orlando wins it. Like, that's a fun thing in the middle of your season. Or if the Raptors won it, I'd be like, cool, okay, why not? Sure. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So the the non-finals games of the tournament 
still count towards your regular season record and everything, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's like, oddly enough, I think that's going to be the thing that keeps it from being a disaster because at least it's like the games are still the regular games that are regularly happening. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it won't be a nightmare for the players. There won't be, you know, any more injury concerns than there already are that kind of a thing. So I think that means it's all going to be fine. Um, But ironically, I think it's going to keep it from having any sort of more importance basically ever for, for all those reasons. It's just like, what, like we have the playoffs, that's the tournament to determine who the special team is. You know what I mean? Like, and so we have this mid season tournament. Again, I agree with, uh, with, with, with Aiden that like, yeah, seeing the end of the bench guys, like, get paid is going to be fun and they're going to have that camera moment and like you know, maybe get your pat dev jumping on the table and like waving the towel uh for winning for winning yeah. the in-season tournament i think it needs a better name than the in-season tournament um, i think i think we got to do something about that if it wants to feel important um but i think overall it's probably going to be around for a few years and we'll be like okay we're doing this again and like it'll be a source of drinking games and like memes but not much else the jamal crawford cup I love that. Let's do that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like uh, Kevin, I don't know if you've, you've if you've checked it over, but I think the last like the semifinals are all in Vegas, right? Yeah. The do they do the four. teams? The final, yeah, the final four is in Vegas. Surely those teams don't lose a home game, right? Like that's that's not happening, right? Do they? Presumably, because that's like a punishment. I guess that's it. Those semifinals games would be regular seat count or I don't know. It's a dumb, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like, myself, the fact I that we're going to figure it out. It's like, this sucks. Yeah. I catch yeah. myself like trying to intellectualize it. I'm like, ugh, yeah. Like there's yeah. probably a way they can figure it out that it's, that it counts as road games for everyone, but then everyone has to do math. And it's like, I don't know. I, I will say that like, I think, I think the NBA has a problem, Freddie, you, you alluded to with like, if you're not winning a championship or in contention to do so, and you're not rebuilding, I mean, the Raptors are kind of in this situation right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not rebuilding, then your team's no fun. I think that's a problem. And then I also think that the fact that the first or the, the second third of the season essentially is more or less inconsequential is also a big problem. So I I think the NBA trying to fix that in some way, namely the in-season tournament, is good. I'm glad that they're reflecting on that and 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 trying to um, you know prevent this from becoming worse than it already is. But I don't think it's the right resolution. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's a great point too. Like, I also feel that the you know regardless of how you feel about like the length of the regular season, the, the dominant narrative is sort of that it's, it's too long and it's boring. And I think people want, you know, they want every game to have all of the star players, which I don't think will ever be realistic. Yeah. Given like how, you know, players bodies. Um, But I also feel like, you know, to your point, it does seem like there. This could be a, maybe a bit of a narrative twist. Um, so may, maybe in that sense, I don't know what your thoughts on that, Kevin. Yeah, I think I think the NBA. Maybe we've talked about this before. I think the NBA definitely has a marketing problem where it's like, it's obviously it's good that their stars are stars, but like, 
I it would be a much better experience, I think, as a fan overall, if it was just like, oh, every team is like 20 guys deep because I think there are the players for that and like every and like people play. And so it's like if you're not getting LeBron, it's like, oh, I'm still getting like, you know, Austin Reeves or I'm still getting like Rui. And like, I get it. It's not the same thing, but I feel like the NBA could help themselves a little bit there by doing certain things to maybe market teams a little bit stronger. And like, yeah, like, I, I don't know how you build excitement. Maybe it's just not part of North American culture for like the process of, of a season. Um, you know, maybe winter has something to do with it. It gets really gray in January and it's like, Oh shit, I don't care about anything. How do I care about the league? You know? Um, it's like, so maybe that's part of it. I, I I'm not sure I have the answer, but I think, I think that like, I agree. This is, it seems like this is a step to kind of like add something else besides winning the lottery or winning the finals uh, to like the process of being an NBA fan and enjoying the season. And uh, I saw someone tweeted, this is like, I swear, NBA, I swear uh, NBA fans on Twitter don't actually like basketball. And it's like, I feel like we're getting some of that because the NBA has become this year round headline machine and like, it is nice to just watch a midseason game sometimes that turns into a barn burner between like Charlotte and Detroit, you know, like it can happen. Yeah. No, I think, I think KD tweeted that. Right. Um, And I also feel like you you made a lot of good points, but uh, Matt, please clip the part where Kevin said LeBron and Austin Reeves uh, are the same player. Um, Noted. So we just, we just want to throw you in the algorithm. hell. Oh God. Yeah. Get me, get me like doxxed Freddie, please confirm. But yeah, no, that's, that's another good point. And, you know, and relating back to the sort of like the international, you know, soccer of it all, it's like a, a big part of their marketing is that like, they don't only market around Messi and Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, obviously you know, they're the biggest stars and like, of course, yeah. they're the biggest appointment viewing, but there's, there's more than that. You know, or yeah, even, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. There's, there's a deal with the devil that the NBA made, and it was genius in the moment, marketing superstars and leveraging, you know, their faces, how close the cameras can get, all of that. Yeah. Um, turning it into a melodrama, like it, it's brilliant. But yeah, and I really wanted to write about this, but it's it's like turning into kind of like a thesis more than anything, which is that you know, over time, it's morphed what what we what we yeah. get our 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 serotonin kicks from mm. or dopamine kicks from it's it's from the the speculation of the newest trade or you know yeah. Britney Spears slapping Victor <laughs> Wembanyama in the face or whatever ah, it's like yeah. or no she getting slapped but it's not the game is the point yeah. and, yes. and and part of that is the quality lack of quality in the game I think like certain things about the rules and stuff like that and mm-hmm. part of it is that the NBA has really doubled down on this persona part of of it yeah it's interesting i feel like the game is it seems like it's gonna about to get harder too with the flopping thing i feel like the game is already so hard to ref and i feel like we're adding replays and adding reviews and like talking to anyone who's like not really into basketball they're just like i can't watch it because the last minute takes 45 minutes and like guilty no one knows no one knows what a foul is and like there's all that frustration but then when I get them watching, they're like, oh, I can, I'm instantly wrapped up in this person's personality. And like, that's such a huge selling point. Uh, I really want to read your paper on this now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, this, this is a great conversation. I think, you know, just uh, circling back to, to Kevin, to me and you being in, in 
in Vegas for summer league, it was sort of a reminder of, of how much I love the on-court game. And yeah, I feel this sort of chasm between like a lot of fans where it's like, Oh man, I think people don't, they don't like this at all. Yeah. They, they mostly don't. I mean, I guess, yeah. Wembenyama and, you know, scoot and, um, you know, some of the upcoming stars, but like the, like 99% of, um, summer league is just like extremely talented basketball players that no one will ever know. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, there's not like a team aspect because they're all just meeting each other and the basketball is kind of ugly. But like, I think, yeah, like one of my highlights is sort of like watching, you know, we watched a, a guy named Frankie Ferrari, who is uh, 6'1 and uh, was freaking awesome. He was and great. it's like, you know, I don't think he's going to make it to the NBA. Uh, but um yeah, just sort of like seeing that firsthand is like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a really kind of salient point. In, uh, in just that to uh, deal with the devil is a really good way to put it. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's move on here. Let's get a little silly. Um, Maddie, we're going to bring you in, uh, kick this segment off. Uh, I know you have something good. Uh, so this uh, I was talking about a little bit before uh, the podcast started, but. Uh, we saw a lot of NBA players uh, said what's up, uh, daft a bunch of people. It was nice. Um, maybe one of the funniest moments was uh, a bunch of dudes at the Win Casino uh, shouting at Jason Kidd, like, yo, J Kidd, yo, my God, that's J Kidd. Dude, I love you, whatever. And I didn't realize he was right beside me, but I just heard him say, um, I wish. And it, it kind of worked because I assumed whoever was beside me was not actually Jason Kidd. Uh, and when I turned over, it was certainly Jason Kidd and all his sort of like Elmer Fudd, you know, glory. Um, I think he kind of looks like Elmer Fudd. And um, <laughs> uh, I, I, my, my little brother Thomas was like, yo, Jay Kidd. And he's like, what's up, guys? And he props us and sort of went on his way. And it just, you know, I saw a lot of uh, players sort of, yeah, you know, OG was doing this. Like, I, I'm pretty sure pretending to talk on the phone so they could walk through crowds. Um, obviously, you have the whole uh, Britney Spears Victor thing. I, I don't think that's the way to handle it. Um, open hand slapping people before you see them <laughs> is probably not cool. Um, but it did make me think. Like, you know, what are some creative ways to to get these stars from point A to point B? Um, they can't hide, right? They're absolutely uh, you know, larger than life. Uh, so, so Maddie, uh, I, w- I want you to give me a scenario. Give me a player. It's your job to get them from point A to point B. What What are you doing? How are you sort of like getting through the crowds? Like, what tricks are you pulling out? What's the deal? This is hard. How the hell Good. do you get these tall guys out of a busy place, undetected, God, I better get a raise if I'm able to get one of these guys out. I uh, like, uh, do you put them in a disguise because that's just gonna have more eyes on them? I thought uh, put them in a giraffe huh? costume or something, but then there's a giraffe in here and everyone's gonna be freaking out. Um, you know, sometimes you, <laughs> oh God, sometimes. <laughs> look, this is uh, this might upset some people, but. What if we're not trying to get them out undetected? What if we're just, what's something that they could do that people will leave them alone? And I would say, if it's that mm. bad, if you're getting that, you know, early, mid-90s Spice Girl fever, 
around one of these players, but he's got a couple other players with him, drop on your knees, get into a human centipede, and get the hell out of there. People are not going to come near you okay. if we're watching Kawhi in a human centipede, <laughs> if we're watching you know, Kyle Lowry in a human centipede. Yeah. No one's yeah. going to – just clear the way. No one, no one wants to see this. Cool. God, you're desperate, Matt. So yeah, like you really got desperate real quick. From <laughs> giraffe costume, giraffe costume to surgery. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and also in this scenario, they're not moving; they're just there. <laughs> like they're inching like, like a worm. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so Matt. Okay, yeah. just sorry. By the way, are you done? Yeah, I think I had landed on Human Centipede, and uh, <laughs> I think I just want to kind of flip it on its head a little bit and see if people will just start. And maybe this will start a trend where, like, everyone's going to be afraid if celebrities are going to drop into a Human Centipede. So they'll leave them alone, you know? They could be trendsetters. Yeah. No, I think when celebrities do really weird things, people totally leave them alone. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but, but, hey, you know, I Matt... I got you to kick off the segment. This is what I'm looking for. That's an absolute out of the box uh, <laughs> strategy. Uh, it's horrific. Um, oh, terribly and, horrific. Uh, yeah, I think people. Um, who knows? Yeah, it might be that revolting that they just they turn around and then you know the casino floor, which was busy, is <laughs> completely empty. They can get up out of their human centipede yeah. and go on with their day, um, uh, untraumatized. I assume. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Kevin, what's up? Um, uh, what's what's your strategy here? Uh, I hope it's um, as uh, sort of like logistically foolproof as Matt's. Yeah. yeah have you seen the movie um, Saw Four? <laughs> Go on. Uh, no, 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 um, no body horror for me. Um, so I've got uh, I've got a couple. Um, I, I was thinking along the same lines of Matt. Like we got it. We got to We got to sort of like get them to a point where the people are like, okay, I got to leave them alone. Um, so the simple, simple route, this might work for like, for your OGs, maybe, you know, your Chris Boucher's, um, just give them like a busser's bin full of dirty dishes and like okay. have them just like rickety, like dodging through people. I think people would get out of the way pretty quick if there's like, <laughs> like some guac spilling over the side, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, might not work for the bigger stars. So like that, I'm thinking like, you know, you, they've, they've got more of a budget. You get like, you hire like five, six people, um, you know, get some, get some OR scrubs and like a big, an, ex, an extra long gurney, pop the player on the gurney, take the IV bag, like to their thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're like getting through. It's like clear the way, you know, we're <laughs> yeah. like, sure. It's an injured we're person on the way to surgery. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, patients open, we got to get them through. Uh, patience uh, open, patience like bodies. So, yeah, okay, so yeah, you yeah. are doing body horror, yeah. This yeah. could tie into mine, um, you yeah, <laughs> know, tasteful covered. Um, we're not actually opening bodies here, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just a quick human centipede, and you're off and running, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, yeah, uh, again, pretty rational, checks out. Um, I like it. Yeah, you, you got a you got a jury duty thing going on. You got a bunch of actors, or maybe they're so rich these are real doctors. Could be real doctors, yeah. Um, because because that's how that's how hospitals work. It's, it's six doctors <laughs> yeah. carrying a gurney. Um, 
Cool. Uh, Aiden, what's your, what's your plan to get player uh, X from point A to point B? Okay, mine's a little bit uh, more PG, I'd say. But... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And maybe because probably because it's a riff off many movies or TV shows that we've already seen. But, you know, the basic fundamental problem here is anonymity or lack thereof, right? So wherever they go, they stand out basically just because of their height. Yes. So what we have to do is create an environment in which they are once again anonymous. So I'm thinking wherever, whatever city they're in, you also have... Uh, a cast of people, maybe there it's three people sitting on their shoulders with a long trench coat and the Groucho Marx mask. Mm-hmm. And you give also the players an identical costume and you nice. just deploy all of them into any room at any time. You know, it's the, I think there's a Pierce Brosnan movie where this happens in, yeah, in a museum right? and, or, you know, like the, the bank, car where it's like five black vans and they all go on different routes on the highway and you don't know which ones. So it's very, very similar and simple. And all you need is a extra, extra, extra large trench coat and Groucho Marx glasses and you're good to go. Um, that's great. Yeah. This, it it is PG. And if you want to, whatever, like make it un PG, they could drop into a human centipede. (laughs) (laughs) Or the vertical human centipede (laughs) is kind of like waltzing across the casino floor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that we went from body horror to, to, to vertical human centipede. Um, Anyone that is like not a disgusting wretch of a person that's listening, I don't know what to say. My bad. Um, but uh, no, no, this is this is good shit. Um, so yeah, I, I I had two. One sort of focused on on, on the height, um, and that I feel like the technology's got to be here. But um, uh, the height, like you know, you know, like Aiden was saying, is a is a the biggest giveaway, right? I mean, the amount of times uh, in, in Vegas, I would notice someone who was, you know, whatever, six, eight plus, and then realize I don't recognize them and maybe they're not a basketball player. Um, you know, so those people even have a tough time getting around. Um, but uh, I feel like there's got to be something where a player can go on their knees sort of like a scooter, like a motorized scooter type thing. Um, so they're, you know, we bring them down to like, you know, five eleven, six foot, just sort of, but like, you know, the, the scooter, like whatever it is, it looks like legs. So you can paint it, whatever. Maybe it even has like a, there's wheels, but it's like, it's sort of moving like legs. Like there's like a, like a sort of like bouncy rhythm to it. Um, and, you know, I think if it's quiet, um, then you have players sort of moving around at uh, on their knees, sort of at, um, you know, a regular person sized. Uh, and the other is just inspired by Vegas. I think you, you've got to have like one magician per player. And, you know, they're coming into a place, magician pops in, takes up a lot of space, says a lot of crazy shit, does some, starts doing tricks. People sort of like flock player kind of beelines. Um, and then obviously, yeah, the better players um, have magicians that can straight up make them disappear and stuff like that. So, you, you know, saw LeBron in half or whatever. 
And um, yeah, both these ideas are definitely human centipede friendly. <laughs> yeah, you can get all kinds of scooters that would. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, Matt, Maddie, thank you for kicking this off the right way. Um, As I do. And we're going to we're going to talk some raptors. Stay tuned after the break for more Confederacy of Dunks. Uh, lots to talk about, uh, Maddie. Please, good sir, give me your uh, give me your favorite weird owl raptors sting. Hey, Bobby Webster. Paging Bobby Webster. Trust in Masai. Trust in Masai. Masai. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to it. Eh? I'm like yeah. beaten down by these. You know? Oh God, Masai. Um, uh, I'm gonna go to you first, Aiden. Um, and you know, I think we will be talking like, even in, even in the next segment uh, for a long time about uh, sort of Fred Van Vliet's departure. But I think this is the only real time to sort of you know talk about his tenure a little bit as a as a Raptor. Um, I think, you know, on on almost everyone's top 10 list as a Raptor, if not higher, um, I asked you guys to sort of pick a, your favorite Fred moment, but it can be moments and we can sort of, you know, just reminisce a little bit. Uh, but kick us off. What's your favorite uh, Freddy moment? I'm going to apologize ahead of time because I have a really bad memory. So nothing, nothing really stands out, but it, it's and it's more it's more of a feature, which okay. is that that's cool. And same way that Kyle Lowry's bum and antics with his bum will always mm-hmm. stand out to me. With Freddie, it's his it's his arms. And I have never seen a guy of his stature utterly just rip balls out of other guys' hands. Yeah. You know, like yeah. crocodile snapping jaws. He just stripped guys and blocked guys uh in and big guys, you know, post players all of the time. And it stood out to me more than most anything else about him. Uh, and more, and I don't think there's any other guard I can really think of who, do, who did it like him. Um, and his defense just generally stood out to me throughout his time, his tenure as a Toronto Raptor. I, I loved watching him when he was tenacious all over the floor, but that particular feature of his um was really unique and i'm i'm sorry it's gone hey man the, what what a great way to kick this off yeah like freddie's meat hands uh were were wild um the amount of times like i you know i think it's probably like probably two or three times he could have led the league in steals should have led the league in steals and he was pretty vocal about how yeah like i uh, most of his blocks were steals yeah um like he's not getting up there and blocking shots like he's ripping balls away in the gather uh and his dig downs you know for a guy a guy like that shouldn't be as effective in a double team yeah um and just um yeah some really really incredible uh hands and steals and defense uh what what about you Kevin yeah, just an incredible defender for, for anyone in the league, but for a guy that size especially, it was really something to see. Um, I mean, I think my favorite moment has to be probably his most iconic one, just like lying on his back on the court in the finals with the blood tear running down his face. 
And then like next play, he's up shooting threes and screaming into the camera. I still remember being at, um, at, at a friend's place. Well, I think we might've been watching it together actually. And just like the entire room screamed when he screamed. And it was like one of the coolest sports moments ever. And it was like, I think, I can't remember now if it was game three or game four in Golden State. I think it might have been game four that that happened. But it was like that moment of like, oh, are we going to win this thing? And it was like, it really was such a turning point in terms of like, I don't know, what what a Toronto team might actually do. I think it was one of those moments where it was like, oh, no, we're here. And this is like actually happening. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, secondary moment was him going off on the ref last year because like the entire internet was uh, like Fred's the best and it's like yes Fred is the best and I wish he had gotten more flowers for more things but I'm glad he got those ones at least yeah well said um I think you know I'll also start with sort of like the like the the a main like kind of moment or moments and feeling um in, in in the Golden State series you know the the box and one doesn't happen with Fred they didn't put you know Kyle wasn't the one. Fred was the one. That was the guy they put on Steph. You know, besides all the shot making, he was the one defending Steph. And obviously Steph was like, that's okay. I'm still going to go off. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he made him really, really work for it. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the Hubie Brown uh, finals MVP is sort of like this joke, right? But, you know, you think you watch, you watch that series and, and Fred is an absolute standout. Yeah, like, he's everywhere. Yeah, he's not the finals MVP, uh, <laughs> but but he was like really, really special, um, you know, but, but off the, I'm glad you picked an off the court moment, too, because like another moment I wanted to say was, um, you know, it's the bubble. Um, this is sort of, uh, you know, it's after uh, it's after the murder of, uh, of George Floyd. You know, things are really intense. Um, this is before the Bucks, I think, magic uh, kind of like protest game. Um, or was it sorry, Bucks Celtics? Um, and, uh, and Fred was the first person who sort of like really made that, made like, you know, a pretty intense comment. You know, the reporters asked him what, how he was feeling and he flipped it back on them and he was kind of like, how are you feeling? And it was this like really sort of moving, honest, you know, composed thing that, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to give him credit for starting any type of movement, you know, within the league, but he you know, was the first player to kind of like hit hard on the, you know, this situation not being okay. And I remember being like, man, this guy is an incredible public speaker mm -hmm. and, and just a total leader. Um, I got a couple more, but uh, Aiden, is there anything that's sort of uh, in your head as far as Fred? No, but that is a good point. Like I, I, I do value, how honest he was, you know, like I, this year, this past year, I think he got a lot of um, pushback, I guess, or flack for being kind of outspoken. And, but we, we so seldomly get that in the NBA or like from celebrities or from mm -hmm. sports figures. And, and I, he, he was eloquent with what he said and, and always honest. And, um, you know, as a, as a writer, like you savor those, those players as much as you can, because so often you're just inundated with, um, you know, kind of yeah, idioms and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Just like sort of platitudes. Sports, yeah. Sports talk. Um, yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I'll also just throw out there the 2020 game. 
yeah. league league leader in or uh, uh, a single game leader in points. Um, when he but, when uh, he got hit the 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 single game record for points, that was also fantastic, and I, I think so fitting. And I, yeah, I just wish he had spent his whole career here because that would have been such a cool story. Um, I get that he cut a contract that the Raps had no way of paying and more power to him, but it's uh, it's just a shame it all went down the way it did. But I'm yeah, I agree. They want some records. Um, yeah. And you know, to, to that end, uh, I think uh, let's, let's talk about this off season a little bit. Uh, very, very tumultuous. You know, we use Fred as the lead in. Um, uh, I got, I got it here. Uh, you know, just, just very quick recap. Um we don't know who, you know, if we're going to end up, well, you know, I assume we will, but signing a guy like Jeff Doughton. But, you know, just off real GM, we have sort of a lost and added category. So currently lost Delano Banton, Will Barton. That's, I don't know if that counts. Um, Jeff Doughton, Ron Harper. And again, you know, uh, Doughton Harper might uh, come back with the club. And of course, Freddie and added, we have uh, Grady. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, uh, Marquise Noel, Yaka Pertle, uh, and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Kevin, I'll get you to kick it off. What, um, yeah, like, you know, that's sort of the roundup of transactions. And, you know, obviously there's this overhanging, you know, Pascal stuff, but it's, I mean, you know, way back to Aiden's point, it's like, it's that's like the rumor mm-hmm. kind of world that I'm just a little less interested in and when and if that happens obviously we will get into it but um there's a lot of a lot of a lot to chew on here yeah how are you feeling about yeah where we're at I like I still kind of feel like last year was weird somehow like we like the raps were worse than they should have been I still kind of looking at the players we had I don't think we were going to light the world on fire but like it went so much worse than I ever would have thought. Um, and so by that same token, like we're a lot, a lot worse without Fred. I think we're banking on Scotty turning a corner and being a point guard because if we're planning to start Schroeder, then we're going to be pretty bad. I think um, I hope we keep Pascal. I know it's like, it's just a two-time could have been three-time all nba player uh like he's so 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 good he's going to be so good for another five years probably at least and like i get it that we've been in trouble because we're sort of like not committing to one direction or another here and like but i think i don't know i feel like i'm such a homer for saying this i feel like it's better that we didn't trade Fred for a bad trade and be pointed at and laughed at for that for a few months. You know what I mean? Then, then, then just have him get a super rich contract elsewhere. And like, I think if Scotty's ready to be a number one and proves it, then Pascal can absolutely be a number two to Scotty's number one. And we'll just be good right away. And like, I think if, I think if, if the plan is for Scotty to be the focus of the team, then the team we have is pretty good. It makes a lot of sense, um, but it kind of relies on on like picking a lane and and going very committedly in that direction, including role definition and like an offensive scheme and a defensive scheme that actually works. 
Um, so I guess I'm pinning a lot of this on the coaching as well. But I think the supporting players we got, if if they're bench players, like Schroeder is an amazing guard off the bench. And, uh, you know, Jalen McDaniels has a lot to offer. Um, Coloco is presumably getting better. Precious presumably is going to have a bounce back at some point. Um, Otto Porter might play. Like, Grady, it's it's a deep team potentially. It could be fine. Um, I'd say it's like underwhelming as an offseason, but I'm hoping it's not a catastrophe, and I think it might even just be good and fine. Um, yeah, you know, lots of good points there. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm largely with you. You know, I do feel like the, the Fred situation does just, you know, uh, I, I'm not really a fatalistic fan, pardon me, as far as sort of like, you know, Masai's, uh, a waste man, throw out the baby with the bathwater, <laughs> reset everything, panic, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I do think that the Fred situation is like a major L. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's just sort of like, if it was if it was a bad trade at the deadline, that was an L. If it, uh, you know, is a scenario where they didn't think uh, the Harden situation would check out like it did and they miscalculated the market and, you know, they lost Fred uh, for quote-unquote nothing, still an L. Yeah. And it's still a bad scenario. And they don't have, they don't have this like this, this like guard of the future, you know, necessarily. And, um, you know, they also lose a shooter. Obviously he was a bad shooter or, or you know, wasn't a great uh, three point shooter last year, bad field goal percentage. Um, but, you know, that's all, that's all not great. If it's a sort of like a chemistry thing with him and Scotty that they let get to this point, also not great. Yeah. So yeah, there's not really a way that Fred walking is a good thing. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I'm sure if you're in the camp of like the only issue with Scotty is he needs the ball more and force feeding him reps. And like, there's no other intangibles that matter, which, you know, I, I would say I vehemently disagree with, but I think like, but if that works, then yeah, like more reps is, you know, is it has its whatever, but like, I think, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, that's sort of where, where I'm at. Uh, where, where are you at, uh, Aiden? You know, and we haven't talked about Pirtle. Like, you know, do you think that's kind of like because of what happened with Fred? Is that an incon- inconsequential signing? You know, is that or is that a bad signing? Like, where are you at? Yeah, so generally I'm kind of torn between these two principles of faith and hubris, which I think hmm. I've – it's the first time where I don't really understand the direction of this team. And my faith in Masai has been pretty strong. I've always kind of just like trusted that he knows where, where he wants this team to go and that there's a direction and, you know, his faith in guys like OG and Scotty and precious. Um, I are, is my faith too. But it's starting to feel like that maybe this is a little bit more about hubris and that like what he thinks is right is might actually just be wrong. You know, so the the last year's kind of experiment, quote unquote, might have just been a failure. Trusting that they could re-sign Freddie, trusting that they could acquire Pirtle to, um, you know, appease Freddie and probably Pascal. All of those things might have actually just been miscalculations. And mm-hmm. maybe I have to, you know, check my own faith. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, I, I'm not there yet. Um, I think the off season was, it's like, I I also can't evaluate the off season yet until I see what happens in this regular season. I was really hesitant to resign Freddie. I don't feel like this team was ready to go back and, and, uh, compete at, at the highest level. I was like Kevin last year where I really felt highly about this team. I thought they were going to make a, a, a big push mm-hmm. and it fell on its face. And I, it seems like a lot of that had to do with chemistry with the team and with the coach and the players. And so uh, it kind of felt like Freddie had to go. I don't think Pascal has to go and I would like to keep him. And I think he should be the leader of this team moving into its next stage. And I think that Schroeder and um McDaniels are great like pieces to to add to a core. I just don't think that core is ready yet. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, I think resigning Pirtle, you have to you have to resign guys that you have and have acquired. Mm-hmm. He's a top ten center. He's an excellent defensive center. Teams, if you want to go up against Denver in the Western Conference, you need a guy like Pirtle. Like teams will come knocking at, at Toronto's door if we're suddenly selling. Yeah, you know, at the deadline. So, um, I think I think the off season was fine. I'm not I'm not stoked about it, but I'm not utterly disappointed either. I agree with the. I didn't even mention Proto when I was when I was talking, but like I absolutely agree with that assessment. And like the Raptors were visibly better, if not still utterly disorganized, but visibly better <laughs> when ah. they signed him last year. You know, it's just like having a good center is very helpful to playing basketball. Um, yeah, it, it, sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say, if we're, if we're doing point Scotty, then having like a fallback, like a traditional pick and roll could be very helpful if he learns how to do it. You know, um, I, I like you, Freddie, I'm a bit more skeptical that point Scotty is just as simple as handing him the ball and saying, go ahead. Um, I think he's going to need to learn how to, do some traditional point guardy things that he doesn't do yet. He's a very good passer and he seems pretty capable. So hopefully we get there. And I think just having some more traditional sets to run might be helpful in that regard. Might be a steadying presence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm also very hopeful for this, this coach and style and, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's funny. Like I'm not, I'm not happy about this, but it did everything that transpired in the off season with nurse and hearing all the reports and stuff affirmed what I was feeling the entire year. And I think a lot of fans were feeling the entire year. Like something just seemed awfully, awfully wrong. Yeah. And, and so much of that was the tactical approach to each game. Um, And, and a lot of that had to do with Freddie just dominating the ball when I don't think he necessarily needed to, or because there was no other option, but for Freddie to dominate the ball. So I'm looking forward to a new, outlook and new approach to the game with, with the coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 lots of good points. Like I, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, the coaching sort of like, we'll see about that as well, but like that kind of factors into everything. And, you know, in the same way that when the Raptors won the championship, there's just, we're going to be like kind of trapped in like conjecture uh, you know, by removing two major things, right? It's like you you take away Casey and you take away DeRozan and you add, uh, you know, we take away Pirtle as well, but you add, um, you know, Kawhi and Danny. Like there's just like a bunch of changes. So it's sort of like 
you know, if this point Scotty does fully work out, you know, I think there will be almost like a split camp of scapegoating, right? It might be like it was Nurse or it was it was uh, Fred or whatever. Like, and I think like it's going to be it's going to be fascinating because I think you know it's just it'll never be that simple and it will always be more nuanced. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I should also say we did uh, or you know Gary did um, you know pick up his contract as well. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm with you, Aiden. I, I think it's like. It's it's a fine off season so far. We will really obviously see how much that changes with Pascal, um, and you know I, I'll finish with just this little follow up here because I think the Masai Hubers thing is probably the thing I'm also like the most challenged by right now as someone who's sort of you know I, it, it's like it's not like it's easy to earn my faith. You know he he took a Toronto market which was extremely hard to win in. He was patient. He was deliberate. He did a lot of things. He even made mistakes along the way. And he won a championship, uh, you know, outside of the U.S. And it was a remarkable accomplishment. Um, and, it, you know, you can't really can't really say anything that's bad about it. Um, but I, I wonder, you know, if you're such a good GM for such a long time and you're, you know, humiliating the Kings and the Knicks and, you know, is there also maybe this thing where teams don't want to deal with you in the same way that they did? And, you know, I, obviously we've seen it framed a lot, uh, in, you know, in social media work, the Raptors are hard to deal with. And I think another way to look at that is people might be scared to deal with them based on, you know, like even you can go all the way back to like Masai's Carmelo deal with the Knicks, right? It's like, like how many times can someone hose someone and, and other people are just like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll deal with Masai. I'll, I'll get him. I'll be the guy that gets him. And people have got him, right? It's he hasn't won every trade, but you know, yeah. I remember when we were trying to deal Kyle Lowry and the rumors were that it was like the Sixers and the heat. And I was like, hold on a second. You got Daryl Morey, Pat Riley, and Masai. There shall not be a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, no deals happening. These guys, like, are both, they're all equally afraid of each other. Um, and, you know, I pray for the Blazers um, having to deal with Miami. But, um, yeah, so let me just throw it back. And, like, do, do you think the hubris is sort of like, this is double-edged sword where he's, you know, like, perhaps the league is also kind of skeptical and it's, like, starting to... It's 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 freezing us in place. Uh, I'll go to you first, Aiden. Well, I think teams are generally smarter, um, both by getting burned, but just generally, I think there's just a better executive uh, in with most franchises, so they're making better calculations. Um, and I think that yeah, to your point, people are starting to call Masai's bluffs. And I, I, but I do think Masai it is kind of in this like I have nothing to lose. Like you either pay me exactly what I want, or we'll stay as is, and that's fine too. And I think, I think that's that's where I see the hubris most is that he's confident with whatever happens because he's going to figure it out. And and for the most part, he has made the right decisions along the way. Um, but he, but in in recent times, both in the development like. Guys, we are signing in uh, either undrafted or drafting in the second round aren't turning out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the recent trades have arguably not turned out. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're just starting to see kind of like this, uh, this invincibility dissipate. Um, and I, and I think, uh, yeah, I do think other franchises are saying, fine, fuck you. You know, like we're, we're not that desperate like we once were. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, Kevin. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there are fewer like boneheaded GMs, frankly, throughout the league. I think, I think teams are hiring better and better. Um, as time goes on, um, and you're seeing the impact of that and, and that there are, you know, there's fewer Colangelos, frankly. Um, I think that like, I, I agree. There's, it's, it's funny. I think you need a bit of hubris to do the job because I think you have to be, you can't really doubt yourself. You can't go into a deal wondering if you're, if you're doing the right thing. I think you have to like have a plan and commit to it. Um, one thing Masai said a long time ago that I always really liked was that, you know, he looked around, made a plan, took a step, looked around again, made a new plan, took a step. And it's like every step of the way you're kind of reassessing. And I feel like he's been more risk averse. Um, He's always been more about asset management than swinging for the fences, I think, until the swing presents itself. Um, And I think what that's looked like is a commitment to a thing that maybe is not working. Um, And I think for better or for worse, and I think just as a general GM habit, it's for the better. I think in this instance, it's turned out for the worse for us Mm -hmm. um, that he's really waiting and seeing on this, on his plan and not trying to just like burn it down and start over because it, I mean, you just see that hamstringing franchises for, full decades of, of being worse than mediocre. Uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a cure all. Um, so I think it's frustrating to watch and it makes you, it definitely makes me as a fan kind of worry, like, are you over committing to what you think is a good idea? And it's, you're not seeing it's not a good idea. Um, but I'm hopeful that it's more so just not trying to fix it all at once in one swing. Yeah. We'll see. Because I agree with Aiden. This is the first time where I'm just like, what are we doing? Yeah. And, you know, I think also sometimes Masai doesn't get the credit for, like, pivoting. Like, even, like, drafting a guy like Grady Dick is like, well, we haven't done that before, right? This whole We'll teach everyone how to shoot. It's like, well, maybe some people we won't. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead, Kev. I just said making the obvious move in the draft. Yeah, right. Um, Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. Um. Uh, I'll bring Maddie in, but uh, let me go to you first, Aiden. Uh, where can people check out your stuff? Obviously, Raptors Republic. Um, you know, what do you want to let people know? That's it. I'm on writing hiatus for the summer, so nothing new there. Beauty. Yeah. Um, Kevin, what's going down? What do you want to share with the world? Mm, you know, nothing. Nothing big on my end either. Um, donate to the Friends of Ruby uh, Trans ID Clinic. Uh, or your local climate change effort, or just go ahead and donate to something good in the world. That's that's my blog. I love it, and and a lot, I know a lot of a lot of listeners are rich, so yeah, get it done. Um, Maddie, uh, share some share some good info with the peeps. 
you know, just go to raptorsrepublic.com. That's a, a great place to, to find us. You can go on the podcatchers if you're watching on YouTube with the clips that we put up. There's a full episode on the podcatcher, so check them out. I put chapters now on all the episodes. So if you've had too much human centipede, you can jump to the next topic. <laughs> it's up to you. We make it easy for you to move around. You know, you can or choose. Or you can re-listen. Or re-listen, yeah. Just keep pressing that time code to get back to the human centipede. And yeah, go to dunkspodcast.com. That's also our own personal website. You can listen there. And that's it. We'll see you in two weeks, folks. Ha 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 Wow, Woody Woodpecker! Yeah, or Woody Woody Woodchuck, Woody Woodpecker. That's new. That's good, uh, Maddie. If you feel like we're done and we're good to go, please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. Woo!